I've titled my message and what I want to share about today, this morning, is about keeping a heart that is burning and not burning out. Keeping a heart that is burning and not burned out. We've heard this a lot more in the last five to ten years, this word called burnout. And what burnout is, is this state of just emotional, physical, mental, and maybe for us, spiritual exhaustion that is due to prolonged or excess stress and we feel drained, we feel overwhelmed. It's not something that is just, okay, a day of rest and everything is going to be okay. But there's this deep exhaustion in our hearts. Uh, they've done many interviews with young people. They've done many interviews with 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds. And the one word every time they ask them about what they think about the future or about life, recently, the most recent one that I read about is that they identify the word chaos. There's just so much to think about. There's just so much to be worried about. There's just so much to carry and be worried by. And they feel absolutely overwhelmed. And I want to ask us this question. Are our hearts burning or is it burnt out? Because it's important. For some of us, we've heard this before. Hey, if you're burnt out, right, Isaac, just go on a holiday, take three months off. Or if you don't have that luxury of three months, three days off, go on a cruise, go and relax. And some of you seated here, you go, well, Isaac, even if I went on this rest and holiday, physically, I can be much more rested. But Isaac, it's not even about the busyness. Because whether I'm busy or when I'm not busy and I'm seated down, I just feel so drained. Or for some people, you go on the holiday and it gets better. But then it's like this perpetual cycle. You go on a holiday, you get rested, you come back to the routine of life, you're exhausted. You go on a holiday, you get rested, you come back to the routine of life, you're exhausted, and you go, is this what life has to offer? At what point do I get burnt out from being burnt out? And it's like, <gasps> vicious cycle. Or for some of us, it might be holiday. Cute, are huh, you guys? You can take holiday as when you want, is it? A lot of people say, Isaac, just go on a break. Just three months, go away. And I go, huh, but I got responsibilities. How can I just drop everything? I know it's nice. I look at your Instagram and your TikTok with your really lovely music and like, ding, 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 and like all the beach and all that. And I would love to go for that, but I just don't have that luxury too. And some of you seated here go, I've got responsibilities. I've got mouths to feed. I've got things to do. I can't just drop everything like I'm an 18-year-old. But internally, we're exhausted. We're overwhelmed. We are drained. And a burning heart or a burnt-out heart is important. Here's why. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Keep watch, be vigilant over your heart from that's where life starts. Another version says, Guard your heart for everything flows from it. And for us, more than a holiday and a rest, and for some of us, you really just need more sleep. For some of us, you just need to have a healthy diet. For some of us, we do need to take a break. But I'm speaking to people that have kind of done some of these stuff and internally, you are still exhausted. You are drained because of whatever that has happened. It could be a traumatic event that you have not resolved. It could be little things like stones in your shoe, but for a long time, you've just kept that in your heart and things that have been piling over and over and over, things that have yet to be resolved in your heart that you've just kind of a little bit burnt out and indifferent. 
And whether you have a burning heart or a burnout heart, it will have an effect in the way you see life, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you interact with things. Can I imagine like if I had this huge bonfire at a campfire, right? And this is huge fire. It's huge. And if I throw wood and twigs and anything at it, it becomes fodder and fuel to the fire. The fire will kind of flicker a bit. It might have reacted to this new thing that's introduced, but eventually the fire will consume whatever it's thrown at it. And a burning heart is like that. A burning heart, you can throw trials and persecution and problems and issues, and sure, it will feel the weight a little bit, but it consumes the substance that's introduced and not the substance introduced consumes the fire. But for a burnout heart, where it's just a pile of wood that there is no fire, you know what that is? It's just more wood. It's just more issues. It's just more problems. A burning heart, if you give it problems, like even a cup of water, a cup of water cannot hold anything to that consuming fire, but to that pile of wood is just another thing. A burnout heart, even if good things happen, even if something nice happened, the burnout heart, it's just another thing. There is nothing for it to be consumed by. You will say this, I am Murphy's Law. Everything bad that can happen will happen to me. All good things, my friend, all good things will not last. Huh? Or we look at it and we go, yeah, but this person also got better. Ayah, this is only momentary. Like, Ayah, quite cute. Ah, God, thank you. But the other request that I've been asking for, it's not happening. And a burnt out heart will walk in a way that is just completely exhausted and there is nothing to win. But a burning heart, everything you throw at it is food and fodder and fuel to the fire. And that's why it's important for us to keep a burning heart. And that's where it's dangerous. It's not the charisma of an individual. It is not the skill set of the individual that's really deadly. Is that when you meet someone with a heart that is burning, oh, you cannot even imagine what this person will do and go through with a burning heart. I want to ask ourselves this morning, is your heart burning? Is it burning out or is it burnt out? And it's an important question to ask. One good example is Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 18, 19 and 20, we see events back to back happen where you literally see this. You see a burning Elijah and then you see a burnt out Elijah. And he says a couple of similar lines with different expressions and tones and different reactions. So a burning Elijah... Elijah hears about Ahab, the Lord sends him to speak to Ahab and he confronts the unholiness, the ungodliness and he is burning. And he says, you guys, come to the mountain. Bring 450 of your prophets of Baal and come. And so they all gather and this burning Elijah was like, how long more will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. He's burning. And he says, I am the only prophet left. And he challenges them. He says, let's set up altars and let's see who can call fire down upon the altar and the sacrifice. And whoever can call that fire, then he must be God. 
And so as we know the story, the prophets of Baal, they set up the altar, they put the bull, they sacrifice, and they begin to sing and dance and like, wah, cut themselves. And they're trying to call upon the fire. And Elijah is burning that he have enough fire to burn them as well. And he goes, eh, you got sleeping, uh, huh? Huh? Eh, huh? I try lah, sleeping. Uh. He went on vacation. Uh. He is burning. And there's some of us in our lives that have been moments where you go through a calamity and you go, Satan, come out! What are you going to do? And then for some of us, Bernard's like, God, where, where are you doing? Where are you? I remember burning, there's a point in my, when I was younger, we were kind of uh, doing deliverance and all that. And every week, we will see people get free and set free. And we were burning after every service. We're like, God, even more, even more. And I remember one time, I was so burning. I did a silly thing. I was at home. I, I went home, bathed, changed everything, and I'm brushing my teeth. And then I was just so excited. I was like, ah, Satan, you see? Ha-ha. And I said, come on, demon, you show yourself up. For no reason, you know. Just brushing my teeth. And literally, when I said that, right, the hair on the back of my neck stood and I just went, oh, something is here. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry, please. And so Elijah was like burning. He's like, I'm going to burn everybody. He's burning with so much fire and passion. And of course, as we read, nothing happens. And then Elijah says, come, it's my turn now. And he goes the distance to even say, let's pour water, not one, not two, not three, not but four buckets of water. And not just one, two, but three times. And of course, he prays, he calls, the Lord comes and fire fills up, licked up every water and there was a burning Elijah that says, I alone am a prophet, but how long more will you falter between two opinions? If Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. He is burning with so much passion and fire that even to the point that he says the drought is going to come to an end, he asks the servant to go and check and see and look out for a cloud. And the servant comes back and says, there is a cloud the size of a man's fist. That's like vape or a smoke or a puff or a cough. And he's like, ha-ha, rain's gonna come. And some of us, we have seen the goodness of God more than just the size of a man's fist. But we can't shout, rain is coming a burning Elijah. And then at some point, after this ended, we hear how Elijah receives a death threat. He receives a death threat that says he's going to be killed for what he had done. And something breaks in Elijah. It says he runs. He abandons his servant at some point. He runs further into the wilderness. And there, an angel met with him. He was under a tree, really sad, really depressed, really exhausted. And the angel woke him up, gave him bread, gave him water, gave him bread, gave him water, ran some more 40 days and 40 nights into a cave. And finally, in the cave, he was there. And the Lord asked him, what are you doing here? And remember the first burning Elijah that says, I alone am the prophet that is left. Come and stop faltering between two opinions. You see Elijah now going, I am the only prophet left. Interesting, huh? What a burning heart and a burnt out heart can do and would do. What is the state of your heart? Some of us are so troubled by the things in life and some of us are so troubled by constant issues. 
Just this week, I met a dear friend and he was just sharing with me his heart about another event that happened, another problem that happened, and I felt exhausted for him because I go, life is like that. It's like once another, a situation is over, you never know when's the next one right around the corner. And for some of us, we live in a manner that goes, ah, I get this rhythm, Isaac. I know now the hex and the formula of life. You know what's a better way to live? Live without expectation. Then you will not be disappointed. I don't know what Bible you're reading. Let's not believe too much. Manage what you can control. You control the rest. You can control. Never mind, forget it. Just don't think so much. huh? But that's not the way the Lord has designed us to live. We're designed to have a burning heart. And I want to say this, a burning heart looks different for everybody. Not everybody needs to come in and shout like, Jesus, on the stage. But for you yourself, you know on your own, in your life, what a burning heart looks like. This morning, can I ask you, is your heart burning or is it burnt out because it will affect the way you see the world, the way you talk, the way you dream and hold hope for your family, your children, your church, your workplace, your life, the dreams, the things that God has put in your heart. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But have we changed? I've seen that in my own life where if you catch me last year, I'm completely burnt out. You can throw anything at me and I go, what's the point? I will look at the generation and I go, Wow, hopeless lah, how y'all do for what? You know, at the end of the day, this, da, 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 da. And in my heart, I'll just be like, Ugh. But three, four years ago, I look at the state of the generation and the state of the church, and I'm like, wrote a song. Come alive, Singapore. Stand up and fight, answer our call. God, we unite, we'll raise up a roar. There must be more, there must be more for Singapore. Two different responses to a same crisis and situation. And it begins in the heart. Guard your heart. Watch and be vigilant about your heart because from, all, from it all things begin. That's where life starts. We take so much effort to guard our health. We take so much effort to guard our wealth. We take so much effort to guard our children. We take so much effort to guard our work and our skill set. And the Lord says, guard your heart for everything flows from it. When you face trials and tribulations at your work or your family or even losing a skill set or losing something, the devil is never really after that thing, after your heart. Can I put out a heart and no longer let it keep burning? Three things I want to quickly talk about. I want to go into time of prayer. That as Elijah is there, there were three things that he did, the Lord did with him that put him back on that trajectory and sent him running back and kept a heart burning again. And I don't know where you're at today. Some of you may be. You've just heard some bad news. Just like Elijah, you just heard some bad news. You haven't started running, you just heard it, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired, Isaiah. I'm so tired. Some of you have already started running. You've already started moving away, and you're burning out. Some of you have already abandoned your servant, 
you're beginning to isolate and go, I'm done, I'm out. Some of you are at a place, crawled up on the floor and the Lord's kind of ministering to you low key and you're kind of like coming for services and licking a little bit like, ah, but you're, you're really not sure. You're like, I'm kind of still a bit tired. Some of you are dashed into the cave, hidden in the cave. I don't know where you're at, but this morning, would you just hear about these three things? And if your heart is burnt out, it says, Lord, would you keep my heart burning? And if your heart is not burnt out and you're kind of like, Isaac, I'm not there. I am the burning Elijah. And would you keep this in mind so that you don't fall into a place where your heart is burnt out? The first thing we see Elijah do is this, is to let go and to surrender. When the Lord says, what are you doing here? Elijah responded, I alone am a prophet. And we need to learn how to surrender. We need to hold the word and says, Lord, this is your word and this is your truth and I will meditate on it day and night and this is how I will live. This is how I will decide on my situations in my life. I want to ask you this morning, are there things in your life you have stopped surrendering to God? And it may not be this huge moment of like, I surrender, I didn't surrender. But you know in your heart, there are some things you no longer have conversations with God about that God is asking it's time to surrender. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Come to me, listen close, all who are tired and weary and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Take my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of us have heard this so many times you no longer actually apply the word? And we hear that the foolish man who builds his house in the sand is not the one who doesn't read, it's the one who doesn't apply the word of God. Both read, but only one applied. Are there situations and things in your life that because it's been 10 years, it's been 15 years. You've been so acclimatized to the world, so acclimatized to the patterns of this world that you've, lo you've lost hope. Did not the Bible say, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Proverbs 3 says, trust the Lord God with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. How many of us really say, that is what I believe. Lord, you sit on the throne of all things in my life. This morning, are there things in your life you have stopped surrendering and having conversations with the Lord. The second thing is, not only did Elijah surrender, he had a conversation, but the second thing is he listened. And some of us, we may surrender to the Lord, but we're not listening to the quiet voice of the Lord. At this point, we hear how Elijah responds to the Lord and it says a wind and hurricane came, an earthquake came, a fire came, but God was not found in them, but God was found in a gentle whisper. And in that whisper, the Lord gave instruction to Elijah of what to do next. Have you lean in and hear God? What is it that you are saying? 
What about this situation that you're saying? What about this impossibility that I've seen for 10, 20 years? And I know it's not easy. I know it's tiring. I know I'm supposed to consider the weight of what you're going through. But we also must consider the weight of the word and the truth. And that's what we're supposed to live by. Not just what we feel on our skin or not just as the situation reads. Is your heart burning or have your heart burned out? Philippians 4, and we we're just talking about this at Complas, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, submit all of your requests to the Lord. And He will give a peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard your heart and mind. Have your He's been so easily stolen all the time nowadays. It's so easy to trigger you. It's so easy to disturb you. It's so easy to just bring a weight upon your heart. Are there things in your life you've stopped giving God access to speak over and you've stopped giving Him conversation? Says, God, I invite you. Can I just get the band to come up? What are things you need to talk to the Lord about? This week, I was cleaning up my room, not because I am a good boy, but because I lost my passport and I really wanted to go overseas. So I went to find my passport. I can't find it. If you're from ICA, please help me out. Uh, Clovis, no. Um, I couldn't find my passport. So I was searching, but it was quite cool. So I was searching, searching, searching my room. And then I opened a box and I received something from Malaysia last year that I just didn't open. So I opened it and I found this little thing and it's, it's quite cute, right? So this thing, and it's basically this thing where it, it's a picture of myself and it says he loves us. And normally when I see some of these gifts, I'm not a gifts guy, by the way. I would take a picture of these gifts. I will hold it for five days because I don't feel bad. And then I'll put it at the storage for maybe another year. And then after that, it kind of goes in the trash. Um, but when I saw this, I was like, I kind of like it. And it was a bit narcissistic. I don't put any photos of myself on the table. Maybe you do, you know, you're really comfortable with yourself. But I, I don't put, and I just go, hmm, what a handsome boy, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, but maybe for the single people, we do that. Okay. So I put this on my table and I go, I really, really like this picture. And why I really like this picture was because uh, this was a picture that I took when I was in Israel. When I was 30, I prayed to the Lord. I said, God, would you send me to Israel? I didn't say it to anybody. And God spoke to someone in a dream, didn't know this person. The person saw my face, called me and says, hey, the Lord wants to send you to Israel. Here's $6,000. I went to Israel. I was worshipping at the Dead Sea just by myself. And it was the most beautiful moment I had in Israel. And I remember I took a picture. When I saw this, I went, wow, oh, I really, really love this. And I, on, on Friday night, I sat there and I said, God, I, I really miss this. I really just miss hanging out in your presence. The last year has just been incredibly tiring, but I really miss hanging out with you. And exactly when this happened, and I put it on my table, I didn't know, but right at that moment, uh, someone had transferred me $6,000 in my bank, and I didn't know, because I don't check my bank, because I'm scared to always see what's left of it. <laughs> so on Saturday morning, this person calls me and says, hey, Isaac, did you check your bank? I said, no, why should I? Am I in trouble? No, 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 do you receive $6,000? I said, yeah. I say, huh, what's happening? Why do you put 6,000? And the person said, Isaac, last night, um, this week, I actually saw a vision of you and I saw you holding a guitar and the Lord says, it's been a while. And the Lord wants to ask you to go on a holiday with Him and to talk to Him. And I just go. And this has happened multiple times, multiple times. 
And I, I think it's, it's so interesting. When I meet tons of people, there's always something to offer, some talking, some advice, some strategy. But what can I offer God? Why would God want to have a meeting with me? What advice does God need from me? And yet He would go all distance and says, Hey, it's been a while. Come, come, come. And the Lord loves to have conversations with us. And if He looks at a burnout heart, He doesn't have His arms folded and says, What are you doing? He says, Come. Come to me, all who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for my ways are gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Take my yoke, for my yoke is light and my burden is easy. Trust the Lord God with all of your heart. Submit to Him in all of your ways. Lean not in your own understanding and He will make your path straight. And the last thing that the Lord asked Elijah to do was to go back to people, run back, anoint some people and then of course to anoint Elijah. And for some of us, it's important for us to begin to go back and begin to speak to some people. I know as we get older, maybe sometimes it's hard to open ourselves to the Lord or to people. I wanna encourage you. I think it's important to begin to plant some important people in your life, to speak into your life again, to meet some people and says, would you speak and pray into my life? And that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna allow some people in and maybe these people are just people for now. But if this morning as you hear the message and you go, hey, Isaac, could you pray for me? And you go, Isaac, I wanna keep my heart burning. I'm kind of burnt out. I'm kind of burning out. And for some of us, you don't even know why you burnt out. When I was praying um, last night, another vision that I saw was some of us are like these little candles and we used to burn little bright. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, hey. And as a kid, that was enough. The issues of lives are like sprinkles of water and it cannot put out the fire. But you no longer kept your heart burning and you lost your intimacy to the Lord and you were no longer as intentional. So what should be a huge bonfire right now is just a little candle and the issues of lives have become a lot bigger and they're no longer sprinkles of water, but it's a cup of water and your candle is completely extinguished. And now everything that I throw and even if it's good stuff, even if it's a good word or sermon, there is a bit of cynicism. There's a bit of jadedness and go, <laughs> that's cute, Isaac. That's cute, Pastor Lip. Oh, Pastor Young, that's cute. And you go, ah. Oh. But some of you needed that fire and that bonfire and the intimacy to the Lord for it to be bigger so that a cup of water will hold no match to a heart that's supposed to be burning and growing. Would you just stand to your feet and we're just gonna pray. We just begin to pray and we're just going to open the altar in a bit but just begin to pray would you just take stock right now just take stock with the Lord where am I at with my heart God mm -hmm. we worship you Lord we offer our hearts to you 
We offer hearts to you, Lord. We come back to you. We come back to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're coming back to you, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You know, this morning I want to open up. Isaac, I know there are some situations I have stopped surrendering to the Lord. There are some things in my life, whether it's disappointments or filled expectations or hopelessness or issues or addictions or problems or things that you've been just contending for that you've stopped surrendering to the Lord. And you say this morning, God, I want to surrender it to you. For a second group of people, maybe it's some things that you've no longer have conversations with the Lord, that you're hearing His heart and His voice about these things. Or maybe for wherever you're at, that you know that your heart is burnt out, or if your heart is burning, but you say, God, keep my heart burning, then what we want to do is we want to open up this altar and want people to come around to pray for you, to release words on you, for you to say, Lord, this is my desire that my heart will keep on burning. If that's you right now, whether you're really young or really old, whether you're a leader or a pastor or whatever, would you just come to the front and say, Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you and I don't want to miss the point. If that's you right now, would you just come to the altar and we would really love to pray for you. If you go, Isaac, could you pray for me that my heart will keep burning and burning and burning and I don't want to get burned out. Oh, I am burned out and I need the Lord to keep my heart burning. I need to surrender some things to the Lord. I need to have conversations with Him over some things. I need people to pray for me. Whatever that may be, would you ignore everyone else if you feel paise or you feel worried? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Break your request and bring your request unto the Lord and His peace will guard your mind. His peace will guard your heart. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests unto the Lord and watch how his peace will guard your heart and mind yes, you've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church please note that all unauthorized reproduction distribution or sale of the recording is prohibited for permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.